All right, we're joined now by Kenzo Shibata. He's a public school teacher. He's a member of the executive board of the Chicago Teachers Union. Hey, Kenzo. Hey, Sam. Thanks so much for having me on. Good to Sup, have teach. you. Hey, Sam. <laughs> um, I brought you an apple. <laughs> so, Kenzo, uh, I guess we are uh, barreling toward a, a critical day on, on Monday mm -hmm. when the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, has uh, pledged to reopen schools. Uh, expecting teachers to show up in person. There's still a pandemic raging where 4,000 people are perishing every single day. I guess bef before we uh, get into whether or not there will be a strike, what the union is asking for, I, just how did we get to this point? What has been the, uh, the, the teaching situation in Chicago throughout the pandemic and where are we headed right now? Uh, yeah, thank you so much for that question. Uh, the Board of Education has been maintaining since the beginning of the pandemic that they want to do in-person instruction. In fact, our Mayor Lori Lightfoot last March, when all of main, almost all the other schools went to distance learning, she was insisting that we should report to work. And it took the governor putting out an order to, to shut down the schools for a while for that to happen. That's J.B. Pritzker, the billionaire Pritzker, of, of those Pritzkers, of course, who did us a solid in, in that situation. Um, I'm not sold on him, and I'll tell you why in a little bit, but uh, he, he did us a solid there. And so last March, we went into distance learning for the remainder of the school year, and it was hectic. It was, we didn't, we're not trained how to teach online as teachers. You know, I've been teaching for 17 years, and I have have some lessons that I've been, you know, uh, evolving over the years that I had to completely change to have it work over uh, distance learning. You just, and play, then, you just um, play Among Us all day long now with the uh, students? Well, every two weeks we do have an Among Us, you know, 20 minutes and that's a little motivation. I, they, it gives the kids an opportunity to kill me and like have teamwork around that. Like I'm fine with kids team up against authority. Like I'm like, that's, those are skills that are going to serve them in life. <laughs> Um, so I don't get mad and we, we joke a lot like that actually does bring a lot of levity to the classroom as we joke a lot about killing each other on, on among us, um, whether or not that's appropriate, I don't know, but it is, you know, that's, I mean, just to kind of bring it back to what I think should have looked like distance learning should look like social emotional learning. Like our students are tr heavily traumatized by this situation. Um, I teach mainly black and brown working class and poor students. They've been devastated by the pandemic. So, you know, like within the first few weeks of the first lockdown last um, spring, you know, I lost a former student of mine to COVID. He was 31. He was someone that I was in mentoring. You know, we email each other a couple times a year. Um, and then I got a, a call from one of his, um, another one of his teachers that he had passed. And so it was very real to me last year. And then when the school year was about to start in um, the fall, all summer, the CTU, we were maintaining that we wanted to sit at the table with the Board of Education and figure out how to make reopening work. And they refused to work with us because they don't, they have all the authority in the situation. So they can just shut us out if they want to. And they did. And uh, the, the school year was about to begin. And the Chicago Teachers Union, our House of Delegates, called a meeting to talk about a, a strike at the beginning of the year. And that was enough to push the mayor and the Board of Education to go to distance learning. Ever since then, there have been hints about going back and going back and a bunch of plans were uh, released here and there. And then now, um, now we're in second semester, 
the Board of Education is sending back pre-K through uh, eighth grade teachers. And Monday was supposed to be the deadline, but they keep pushing the deadline at this point um, because basically we're at a bit of a standstill. Uh, the uh, teachers union, we voted to um, continue working uh, remotely. And if we get locked out of the system, meaning that the board just doesn't let us use the Google Classrooms to connect with our students, that could be a strike. And there was a, uh, uh, on Wednesday, the public school system was expecting teachers to show up, uh, some teachers to show up, and that didn't really go down as, as they hoped it would. Is this a sign that the, um, that the teachers are united and uh, that they look likely to win this fight with Lori Lightfoot and the, uh, and the public school system? We have overwhelming support. Like student, their teachers are working remotely who have been assigned not to. Uh, in fact, some teachers have gone to the extent of camping out outside of their schools um, and then, you know, using some sort of Wi-Fi device to connect with their students. Um, and, you know, they're taking pictures and posting it on social media. Um, little anecdote, yesterday, one of the teachers, um, this guy goes on Twitter, is Teach Mr. Reed posted a series of photos of him doing exactly that. It was a snowstorm and he was covered in blankets behind a table outside of his school uh, doing his lesson plans. And a principal at a different school uh, dunked on him, quote tweeted him on Twitter and said, oh, you have time for these photo ops. We don't have time to teach the kids. And as it turned out, that assistant principal who did that was doing that on his realtor Twitter account. He has a realtor <laughs> Twitter account and an AP Twitter account. And then um, basically everyone told him what an asshole he was being. And he shut down that account by the end of the day. <laughs> but yeah, for the, I mean, my school... My bosses are fine, but like, you know, you do have some principals who are middle managers that will, you know, do that to like uh, hurt uh, morale. But overwhelmingly, teachers are doing this. And so far, the board hasn't, uh, you know, they locked out some teachers that were assigned in the previous weeks, but we aren't hearing about more lockouts happening at the moment. Yeah, I, I think the story I saw said something like 85% of the teachers who were supposed to report on Wednesday did not report and that uh, the administration and the mayor just didn't take much action in response to that because what could they do? Yep. It also sounds like and you've, then, you've got the support of the president, Joe Biden. I mean, he, I was, he, he, he was asked about it and I, it wasn't like full-throated support. You could see he tried to walk the middle line, but he did mm -hmm. seem to tilt in favor of the, the Chicago teachers against the mayor in his comments. It wasn't full-throated support, but he hasn't walked it back either. And it's been a few days. To me, that's a good sign, I think. I think uh, Biden seems to be a guy that they'll, because he's known as a guy who'll just say shit, that I think he tests messages. And that's how they do it. Like when he spoke off script about supporting gay marriage during the uh, debates in 2008, I believe it was. I think it was 2012. Oh, was it 2012? Um, yeah. yeah I, that was a sign, I thought. And I think they were trying to see how the reaction was to that. And I'm seeing this here. And it's interesting because Lori Lightfoot, as a mayor, she doesn't have a base of support within the neighborhoods of the city. She won, you know, to make a long story short, she had 18% of the vote, got into the runoff against someone who was 
associated with one of the most corrupt aldermen in Chicago, Ed Burke, the guy that's famous for shaking down or allegedly shaking down a Burger King. Um, and then got elected. What's that? Who among us? <laughs> he is super sus. Uh, if he was shaking them down for free tendies, I, that's something I could maybe get behind, but it doesn't sound like it was. No, uh, it stopped at the tendies. They wanted to expand their parking lot. And um, he uh, he was the guy that could make that happen. Ah, ironic. I don't even know if I want to say ironically, it's been but a hopping oddly, Burger King. They're like, we need more parking spaces here. Too many people are showing up to this Burger King. It's literally the same Burger King um, where tra- um, where a, a, a young person was murdered by police. Hmm. Oh, Laquan McDonald. Yeah, that was Laquan McDonald uh, murder that happened in the same McDonald, uh, same uh, Burger King. Mm. Um, it's Southwest Side's an interesting place. That's where like Dan Lipinski, you know, built his political career. The Madigans. Um, we could do a whole episode on that. L- Lipinski is the uh, congressman who was uh, anti-abortion and had the support of Democratic leaders forever, right? Yep. And anti any stimulus like he mm-hmm. was he did not want us to get any. He was a right wing uh, Democrat. Um, but yeah, so having an association to him killed Tony Preckwinkle's chances. Lori Lightfoot, an unknown, a former prosecutor and a corporate lawyer for Mayor Brown, she uh, kind of squeaked in and she actually ran on a really good um, platform. She ran on democratizing the schools, getting us a, a elected school board, more funding, a nurse in every school. And then as soon as we negotiated with her last year for a contract, she went back on all those promises. So um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot doesn't really have the support here there that she should have. But then, you know, you all remember during the DNC this year, um, she spoke on a panel with George Floyd's family about police brutality, mm. um, which was heartbreaking to watch, but also... I think what that kind of shows is like, that's her last lifeline. If she wants a career in politics, she needs to do what Joe Biden wants her to do. That's the only support she has is the national DNC. So with Joe Biden making that statement and then not walking back, I think it's just smart politics for her to listen to the teachers at this point, looking at completely cynically, not even morally, like to save her own ass. She needs to do what Biden tells her to do. Well, I feel like, I mean, you've, you've been a teacher now under different, mayors of chicago and obviously (laughs) obviously teachers unions uh have an adversarial relationship with uh, the elected officials in their in their city or district um but i feel like the the chicago teachers union and Lori lightfoot have a particularly acrimonious relationship Mm. i mean if if, assuming that a strike is is called this would be the second one in uh 15 (laughs) months um Mm -hmm. Am I am I reading that right? I mean, is this is this like a little bit beyond normal? The conflict that that we see constantly happening between the Chicago Teachers Union and the mayor? It's so beyond normal. Uh, I was on the negotiating team for the last contract. and I just remember being up very late at night with uh, the other people on the bargaining team just asking, like, how how do we get through to her? She, you know, she doesn't have a base of community or support in the community. So we can't really go and talk to, you know, her supporters. Um, She doesn't seem to care about the political damage she does to herself. And she doesn't care at all about the children. Like what came out um, in the local papers after uh, long after the, the last strike was that she was betting cigars and scotch over how long we would be out on strike. 
Like she's that callous a human being. So the, the, the negativity between the, the CTU and Lori Lightfoot, it's unprecedented. Rom was someone even like you could get to him somehow. Once, you know, the last strike we had under him, uh, I, forgot, I forgot about Rome. I forgot about how fucking <laughs> bad the previous mayor was. Holy shit. He was so bad, but he had a bit of a sense of self-preservation yeah. that Lori Lightfoot, I don't think, has. And I think it's a bit of corporate lawyer brain. Hmm. So so we, I would think that the, the bare minimum thing to get teachers back in the classroom would be to make sure that they're vaccinated. Uh, Kenzo, have you have you gotten a shot yet? What what percentage <laughs> of Chicago teachers have received their their vaccination yet ahead of these calls to make them go back into the classroom? This is just more like, you know, national DNC bullshit thinking they can like do this in our city. Like uh, a press, uh, the, the mayor and the uh, head of, um, you know, uh, public health for uh, the city had a press conference about a week ago announcing that the shots will be available to teachers. The vaccine will be billed to teachers. They'll be distributed through the board of ed. Sounded great. That's not going to happen till the middle of February. And they made this announcement right around the same time, all of this uh, dust up around reopening happened. So it was like a disingenuous communications move. So like people can ask our union leaders like, well, hasn't the mayor asked or hasn't the mayor made up uh, a plan for you all to get vaccinated? And yeah, she has a plan, but the plan hasn't started yet. Um, as it is, I mean, I just want to be vaccinated. My wife is immunocompromised. I, I miss hugging people. Um, so I've been on every pharmacy website trying to sign up for a shot, and it's been impossible. Um, yeah. You literally can't have a job. Like It has to be a full-time job sitting behind a computer hunting for the vaccine. Like My father-in-law has one who's retired. So like he spent a lot of time hunting it down. And I think, I don't think that everyone being vaccinated would be, um, would mean that we should immediately open the schools. But I think that's where the conversation has to start. It has to start with everyone's vaccinated. Now, how can we safely open schools? Looking at this issue nationally, uh, this, the CTUs, uh, it seems to be doing much, much better than the American Federation of Teachers, we had Randy Weingarten uh, write an op-ed the other day, co-wrote an op-ed saying that basically, sure, we can reopen schools uh, if we do it right. Do you have any, did you read that op-ed? What was your take on uh, Randy Weingarten's chiming in on the discourse on this matter? I think that Randy Weingarten was a day late and a dollar short to the discourse is what it is. She, she bought game stock stock today, kind of like she, <laughs> because Wait, like, are you okay, saying that's American a bad idea? <laughs> <laughs> so like the American Federation of teachers always uh, follows whatever the democratic party wants to do the, the national democratic party. Randy Weingarten about a year ago issued a, uh, an op-ed in, uh, in Politico uh, with her opposition to Medicare for all, not her opposition to Bernie Sanders, but her opposition to the policy of Medicare for all. This is someone who, if we had Medicare for all, we wouldn't be on as many strikes because we would be, there'd be more money to go to our salaries and to our classrooms because we wouldn't be sending it to Blue Cross Blue Shield um, every month. So, you know, that was very, um, I think, uh, just short-sighted at, at, at best. And then now, 
she put out this statement because, you know, Joe Biden, and this is what I assume, Joe Biden put out his 100 days in office promise, which is, we all know it's a bullshit promise. It's a 100 days is an arbitrary number. Um, he wanted to open up all schools within his first 100 days in office. You know, public health officials aren't using the word 100. Teachers aren't using the word 100. It's a political stunt, like every, t- every president does. And so uh, part of his plan was to open up all schools. And Randy Weingarten, I can only assume, just was following that messaging and put out that uh, statement about, or that op-ed about um, opening all the schools um, as long as there's testing. There's an old farmer uh, expression, you can't fatten a pig by weighing it. And like by simply weighing the kids every day, I'm not weighing, but simply testing the kids every day, we're not actually keeping them safe. In Chicago, the way that looks is if you get tested and you show COVID symptoms, they take you to this care room in usually an auditorium stage on a stage. So you're on display. It's uh, plastic walls that go almost all the way up to the ceiling with tubing connecting them. And that's where the students go and they meet hopefully with a nurse if there's a nurse that day. We don't have a nurse in every school. So we trade around um, and then they get you know uh, their temperature taken and all that. The only thing I can compare this to is the scene in the scenes in ET when he gets captured by the government and they're doing all these tests on him. And they just like assemble all this like medical uh, like housing around this neighborhood. That's what it looks like in a school auditorium. High school kids can probably deal with that. Little kids, that's traumatizing. You know, a little kid, you all remember watching E.T. as a little kid, how scary that was. Imagine being E.T. and being, you know, sh- uh, shuffled around this, this care room, which is just plastic sheeting in an auditorium. So Randy Weingarten didn't really know what the conditions on the ground were. And also, apparently, she didn't know where Joe Biden was going to go with it because almost the same, I know it was the same day she issued that, he made that comment about supporting the, the CTU. So I think it's time for her to write a new op-ed. <laughs> so so what does what does the CTU winning look like here? What, 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 what is the union asking for before they mm. are... Uh, are, are before they're willing to go back into into schools. I mean, look, I know that you want to be in classrooms. Teachers want to be in classrooms. They hate this remote learning aspect, but there's a fucking pandemic going on and it's not mm-hmm. safe. So w- what is the union asking for and what would the city uh, what would the city uh, uh, assenting to those demands look like? Well, right now, at this point, we want schools just to be 100 percent remote, um, at least through the period where uh, vaccinations can happen. And then we're, we're going to talk about how reopening can look. Uh, one thing I am a little concerned about are, you know, teachers who might not want to take the uh, vaccine. I don't think that's going to be a very high number, but I think a lot of things have to fall into place before we can have like a very informed conversation about reopening. So that's what we're going to look at. Uh, right now, we're just maintaining that the current school plan with you know those uh care rooms and the temperature testing and like the not so effective social distancing it's just a non-starter um so we want to do is just go back to everyone doing virtual teaching and then have a serious negotiation with the board of education about what a timeline looks like what benchmarks look like and um and go from there well, Kenzo, we uh, wish you the best of luck. I know you don't want to go out uh, <laughs> on strike next week, but these are things that the uh, city might force. And, um, 
y'all have been a, an inspiration in Chicago fighting for what's right. Go ahead and plug your stuff. I know you've got a Twitch show that's hella good class time. Yeah. And, uh, and how uh, else, also, how can people get involved to help the teachers uh, in this struggle? Excellent. Thank you. So there's a GoFundMe uh, that I've been pushing around. In fact, uh, check out my Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash class time or my YouTube class time GG. Um, I'm doing some live streaming this weekend um, to push this um, to push the the GoFundMe. This is going to be money going to teachers that have been locked out already, uh, not just teachers, but also paraprofessionals and clinicians. Uh, the Board of Ed has not given them access to Google Classroom and also not paying them, um, but they're maintaining and work. They're they're trying to do their best to build lesson plans and do everything they can. So they're doing labor, and uh, we're looking to to compensate them. So. Um, yeah, check out the GoFundMe link and also, um, check out that. Um, and also I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kenzo Shibata. Um, that's where I release podcasts, uh, where we talk about worker struggles and also talk about shit posting and have fun too. It's, it's not all the serious stuff, but right now we're very serious. Kenzo, a excellent shit poster. Thank you, the, Sam. Uh, on the old website, twitter.com. Follow him at Kenzo Shibata, S-H-I-B-A-T-A. 